Global Broadcasting Networks presents Military Mom Talk Radio. We know behind every soldier, sailor, airman, and marine is the family supporting them. With over 200 episodes in 17 countries, over five seasons, with three million monthly listeners, we are Radio Strong. Now, here are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. Hey, Military Moms, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Robin Boyd, and we've got a wonderful show today. We're going to be visiting, this is the fourth in our series of marriage and family and parenting for the military family. And today we're going to talk about teens. And, you know, teen rebellion is really tied to family fellowship. So we're going to bring on Kathy Kraftke today, who is an expert in fellowship. She's been successful in raising her own family. She's been a great person advisor to me over the years and what I like about Kathy is her no-nonsense approach and now to be fair she's not a psychologist or a therapist or you know any of those fancy letters after her name but what she does bring to the table is real life experience in a way that we can all understand and start implementing today so I'm excited to have Kathy on the show with us today Rob but first I've got a message from our sponsor I'm Mm -hmm. so excited to tell you that this episode of Military Mom is brought to you by Casper. Casper Mattress is an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the price. And right now, you can get $50 off any mattress purchased just by visiting casper.com and then just put front slash MM, as in Military Mom, front slash MM. Now, I'm going to tell you a little bit about Casper before we get to Kathy. It is revolutionizing the mattress industry by cutting the cost of dealing with resellers and showrooms so you're not going to go and lay down on one of these bad boys anywhere. They're going to come in the mail. They've been obsessively, um, sorry, obsessively engineered, and that just gets after my nerdy little heart, Rob. And they're a fair price and they're memory foam so you get just the right sink and it's breathable and for me here in southern california on the second floor it was 87 today so the upstairs is like over 100 during the day and to be able to not have to run the air conditioning to cool my bed down is really good so it does help you regulate your temperature throughout the night you can order online it's risk-free and you know since you spend a third of your life on a mattress you know this is a big deal for people The mattresses are made in the USA, and here's the best part. You have 100 days, that's 100 days to return this if it doesn't work for you. And for the military family, this thing, I have one. It rolls up. You can vacuum seal it. You can throw it in a box that's about four feet by two feet by two feet, and you can pack it up and ship it. So it goes wherever you go. If you want your $50 off any mattress, go to casper.com front slash MM as in military mom and get a good night's sleep. Rob, I'm so excited. I love my Casper mattress. I'm so glad you have it and we want to make sure it's everyone knows how to spell casper that's with a c c a s p e r dot com backslash m m uh only because my maiden name was casper and spelled a different way so (laughs) you're robin casper i didn't know that i was yep see you learn something every day but it was spelled differently my parent my grandparents were from poland and lithuania so it was a shortened version of of that so that's why i want to make sure everyone knows that it's spelled c a s p E R. 
Oh, that's so cool. We love that. I mean, you know, Rob, it's so much fun um, to talk about these products and try new things and, and make choices. And the portability of these things are unsurpassed. You know, the fact mm. that you can, like when it first arrived, I was, I was worried because I'm like, that's it. Like, that can't be it. And then, you know, we drag it upstairs into my room and the kids are helping me. We open it up and then it like, it like unrolls like a taco, you know, it's like a burrito, it's unrolling and then it folds over. And then when you slice the plastic, looks like a Christmas tree. Don't slice the plastic downstairs because all the air comes in and the thing just puffs up. But yeah. what's great is you can vacuum seal this thing. And when you think about moving beds, you know, how many times the military family moves in, in 15 years? years is probably what did we say the national average was like eight to 12 times yeah when yeah. you've got to pack up box springs and and mattresses and they take up so much shipping weight and so much room it's a big deal so um if you are a military family and you are in the market for new mattresses check out casper the portability is is beyond belief and you know i got a good night's sleep i have to say i was really surprised i was suspect because it came in a box and it wasn't what i was used to but i was really pleasantly surprised oh absolutely absolutely well, See, you know, I, I lost control of the mattress. You realize this. All I can think of is you upstairs like one of those big inflatable boats and all of a sudden unplugging the, the plug and it goes. That's, well, that's, yeah, it was like it was. It was like, you know, one of those rescue boats. But yes, what, yeah. the funny thing that happened is my kids came in and they kept laying on it, laying on it, laying on it. And my my older son, who's going through another growth spurt, he's only 13 and he's five foot 10 with a 13 and a half inch foot okay. he's like mom he goes i'm growing out of my bed so what do we do we lug my old mattress back on my bed lug the big cal king into his room and so you know typical mom i give up the goodies you know for my kid but he is sleeping on it and you know it was such a great gift because it's big enough for him and it's firm enough for him and as the mom boy if your teen gets a good night's sleep casper mattress you're worth your weight in gold Oh, that's for sure. Kathy, you had something to say about mattresses, I think. I'm just dying to jump in here. You know, we are cleaning out a house right now because my beautiful, sweet mother is moving in with me. And I can't tell you how big a deal it is to dispose of old mattresses. So this idea that I could roll this up and ship it, I wish I could do that with the mattresses my mother has. There's laws now. You can't even take them to the dump, which... Nobody wants to do that because it's not good for the environment anyway. Yeah. So yeah. this idea that we can take our mattress with us and that we could just ship it, I mean, that is brilliant. I think that's something for people to, to know. When you have children, you do need to purchase a valuable or, or, or a true mattress for them. Going to get the, the cheap, inexpensive, because you think – they're only kids. They don't need a good mattress. It's so wrong. Your children need a good mattress. Well, and I didn't realize that much as Rob, you know, my son was sleeping on when my mom passed, we got a lot of her furniture and, you know, one of her mattresses, I, I bet you it was as old as me. I'm not kidding you. Um, and that was the mattress Max was sleeping on. And when we put it on his bed and took the old mattress apart and took, you know, the stuff down, he was like, mom, I feel so good. Mom, I'm more awake for school. Mom, my back doesn't hurt. And, and, you know, it was, it was interesting to see how much of an impact that had. Cause I really, 
really was of the ilk of the kids who cares. They can sleep mm-hmm. on anything. I mean, to a point. Like, I'm not going to put them on a bed of nails, but. Well, um, well yeah. <laughs> but that rawhide bed should have been good enough for him, right? <laughs> that's right. That's right. You know, I grew up on a bed. Um, I will tell you guys my, my marshmallow story. Um, when my sister and I were growing up, we shared a room. We shared a bed, and that's a very bad idea for any parents wanting your kids to share a bed because my sister had really pretty straight hair, and I had a mop of curly hair, and I used to tie knots in it in the middle of the night right under the back of the neck where I know her brush would get stuck. Um, but when we got our own separate beds we called them the marshmallow beds they were so old they were probably i don't know 30 or 40 years old when we got them and i remember them they were like sleeping on a vibrating waterbed and because the springs were shot underneath and it was only when i was older and i slept in a good bed for the first time in my life i'm like what a difference and you know in my house you didn't you didn't complain you put up or shut up you got a bed you're, you're glad for it but um boy those marshmallow beds i still tease my dad he's 83 i still tease them about the marshmallow beds <laughs> i think it is how you know when you're in a bigger family you do get the hand-me-downs and of course i mean everybody can't just afford everything brand new all the time but yeah <laughs> i think i was a little spoiled i was an only child i got new everything <laughs> Sorry, but I did. I got new. But it is true. I think um, there are certain things that you do have to realize that it, it, it's important. And I think Casper.com is going to have the best choices for you to make for your children. Yeah, so you don't have to torture them with marshmallow beds. Kathy, how many kids were in your family growing up? We had, I had two siblings and we were rambunctious kids. Like we love to bounce on the beds. And my my little grandson loves bouncing on our foam mattress we we have the same kind of foam that you're talking about with casper and i wouldn't trade it for anything i I, that's my i'm never going back to anything else and and i will tell you what i've always told my husband because i think it's so true especially when you have babies in the house sleep deprivation is a form of true torture they (laughs) use that on on prisoners of war and so when moms act like they're so stoic and they don't get enough sleep i just i just i want to say no you need sleep you're not a prisoner of war you're you're in a battle but you're a hero and we want you to have a decent night's rest well dealing with teenagers sure is an event anybody who has one knows what we're talking about anyone who has a little one and they're not there yet well you're in for some surprises and hopefully our conversation today is going to help you prepare for those we have kathy crafty with us today and we're going to talk about teens preteens we're going to talk a lot about dealing with those um oh my goodness the unknowns that are going to just crop up uh and if you have been been there you've got a lot of experience to to share with us as well so kathy we're so glad you're with us we're going to be back in just a moment sandra beck and robin boyd right here on military mom talk radio so get comfortable get cozy on your casper bed while you're listening to military mom lots more ahead stay with us on military mom talk radio If you could live your life truly standing in a place of peace, joy, and abundance, wouldn't that make your heart soar? Now you can, with Lessons in Joyful Living, with your host, Kimberly Rinaldi. Mondays at noon central, Kimberly Rinaldi, having created a highly successful coaching practice, now teaches Lessons in Joyful Living. 
She believes in empowering others and that through it, you have the ability to break through any and all barriers, thus allowing you to reach your greatest potential and joyfully step into your life's purpose. What used to take weeks, months, or even years, she can now teach you in a matter of hours with her programs. For more on Kim and her show, go to her website, KimberlyRinaldi.com. That's R-I-N-A-L-D-I.com. Then join us for Lessons in Joyful Living with your host, Kimberly Rinaldi. me sometimes you have trouble choosing between being a couch potato or going out hey it's a big decision for a scabberlatchers a scabberlatcher or a ragabash is another word for a lazy person well a couple from california seems to have solved the problem by inventing a motorized sofa you may think they're just spinning their wheels but people have spotted the couple cruising down the street on their drivable davenport in west los angeles and santa monica no word yet on the couple's identity but a man claiming to be a relative said it's all well within the norm for his fun-loving cousin i don't know if this chesterfield on wheels is street legal but either way I think the police would have to put up quite a chase before they could coach him. It's words you never heard. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. We're back with more great conversation on Military Mom Talk Radio. Hey, Military Moms, this is Sandra Beck. I'm here with Robin Boyd and Kathy Crappy, and we are doing family fellowship today. And the funny thing about this, like when I first heard the word fellowship, I'm thinking like, well, that's what people do when they go to church. Well, that's what people, and then I started digging into the word fellowship. I'm like, oh, that means us doing stuff together, supporting and enhancing and growing and sharing and all those things that seem to blow up when your wonderful, sweet little baby turns to be a teen or preteen and I have dueling preteen teens in my house right now and it was the biggest shock you can imagine because girls I have I was the one in the group that had the babies the latest. I didn't start having my kids till I was in my 30s. And most of my friends by that time already had teens. And they were talking about the teen years and the teen this and the teen that. And I'd look at my sweet little bundles of joy and thought, they're never going to be like that. Oh, Max will never. Zach, he'll never. Boy, was I wrong. Like, it was (laughs) being shot between the eyes. And, you know... These teen behaviors, um, but I will say, I will say in defense of the older mom, I react a lot less than my younger mom friends because my kids obviously make friends at school. Their their moms are anywhere from, you know, 28, I think, is the youngest mom and, and 58 mm-hmm. is the oldest mom. So, you know, we've got a, a real range of friends here. And I see my younger moms getting so upset over this stuff. I think we Sandra must have just hit something on her. It's true. I think when you're a younger mom, you you don't have that tolerance built up to you yet. So that's so important to um, recognize that in yourself and in not uh, let it get the better of you because then you have to sort of set the paces. Kathy, how old are your kids? 
I have grown up kids now. My youngest is 20 and he's doing great. My two daughters are in their thirties and they're both married. So Mm -hmm. I I will tell you, I was convinced that my kids would rebel because I deserved it. I was a horribly rebellious kid and very creative and, and just, um, I don't even know what the right word is, but I was into mischief all the time and I was very creative about it. (laughs) So my parent and I was even, and I'm so outspoken anyway, but I was, particularly as a teenager, I would just tell my parents how angry I was all the time. So when we got to, when we became young parents, I was one of those nervous parents that thought Mm -hmm. our kids would rebel for sure. But my husband said, no, you don't have to worry about that. They're not going to rebel. And I thought he was crazy, Mm. but I started paying close attention because I wanted to know what triggers rebellion. Rebellion is probably one of those teen um, rites of passage. I think there's a certain level of teenagers who are going to be experimental. They're going to try. They're going to test you. They're going to sort of uh, posture themselves, not only with each other, but with you. And I I think there's so many times that when a, a household has sort of their house rules when the children are little, somehow just get thrown out the window when all of a sudden the child turns 13 or 14. Because not only do our hormones, their hormones change, but somehow all logic tends to go out the window. And every moment seems to be putting us at our test test because we need to then be one step ahead of them. Um, One of the things I think that's the most important, though, is based on your word fellowship, and that's communication. Uh, Do you find that having that open door of communication, even though they don't want to talk to you, um, just them knowing that your ear is there probably is one of the uh, biggest gifts we can give them? Yeah, I I like to define fellowship because it's gotten kind of, I liked, I liked what Sandra said. It's gotten yeah. falsely defined in our culture. Like sometimes I just tell people, well, when we use fellowship at church, what we really mean is a party without any alcohol, you know? It's just yeah. like, what does that word even mean anymore? So mm-hmm. what I what I like to say is fellowship is the, the art of gentle companionship. And we're, mm-hmm. we're just living in an era where gentle companionship is something people don't talk about anymore, but it is something that we really want. We all crave it in our families. And, you know, I, I think if you have, a, I just want to say to any military moms, especially their, their lives are so complicated because of deployments. And so if they are in the midst of a, a moment where their rebellious teenager is just angry all the time. I want to speak specifically to that, but I also want to say, if you're the mother of a toddler, there's some real great stuff you can do preemptively. And Robin, you're right. I I believe one of the things that triggers rebellion in kids is hypocrisy or double standards. And, and of course they also want to be independent. So there's finding that balance does take really great communication skills so there's lots of stuff we can do. But anyway, I hope we find time to talk a little bit about some of those tricks, both mm-hmm. for toddlers to get ahead of it and preschool, you know, school age kids. And then also for teenagers, if you have a rebellious teenager, some ways you can back up and do some different things that might work at your, you know, at any home. 
Well, I'd love to hear the toddler stuff, like, you know, quickly. And then, we, you know, we've got the rest of the show to talk about, you know, strategies. But I'd love some preemptive things, because if they're not working for your kids are too old, they certainly work for the grandbabies. Yeah, that's exactly right. Actually, we we are in the throes of learning to be grandparents right now. I have six grandkids ages uh, well, three months to 12 and we're trying some of this stuff on the 12 year old. And I mean, it's working. It's just beautiful to see him blossoming. And he had been through a tragedy of having his mother pass away. And then my daughter married his dad. And so he's the oldest of the kids and he's the one that we have wanted to really just nurture and cherish so much because his little heart had been so broken. And so because of some of these things, we're really seeing him begin to get over his, that I think one thing parents don't realize when they have a rebellious child and he's screaming at them, or or like in my case, I was screaming as a young woman at my parents, that is a language. But the the problem is teenagers don't speak the same language a mature adult would speak. And physiologically, their brains are not even developed in the same way that they will be eventually. So they're going through all this transition in their body and their hormones and their heart, their spirit. There's this great battle in the heavenly realms for their spirit, you know. And anyway, there's a lot happening. And they try to speak, and they don't have the words to convey these deep emotions they're experiencing as an independent person who suddenly realized that their parents are not who they are. They're, they're going to live separately than their parents now. So they scream sometimes, and parents don't hear the right message because they're so surprised and uh, just it hurts our feelings when we have our children screaming at us, right? So that's the first step is just to take a deep breath and step back and ask a really gentle question of your teenager like, oh, I just love you so much. I don't really understand what you're trying to tell me. Can we talk about this just quietly and maybe even write some things down and trade notes to each other for a minute so we can really figure out what we're trying to say and I can really hear you. Those are just simple steps we can do with a kid that's hurting and a teenager doesn't have the words or the language they need to speak. So when we get a minute, I don't I don't want to get ahead of you guys, but I don't I don't want to forget to give some good suggestions to pre like toddlers and people like the little the young people, the little the little ones, the little ones. Yeah, I was just going to jump in, Kath, before you do and say um, I text with my kids when it gets too hot, when it gets too intense. And I have boys. So, you know, they're they're tough on a good day with how they feel. But for some reason, if they go to their room, you know, I'll say, look, we're each going to go in another room. We're going to cool off and I'll text you and then I'll text them like what's what's going on. And then, you know, I don't know why it's easier for at least my teens and a couple of their teen friends to to start the conversation conversation via text and then can have the face-to-face it might have to do with the emotional intensity I don't know well think about it when you write you have to focus on the on the words and you are actually composing the words into a sentence your brain is going a million miles a minute and you've got emotions that are fueling all of that it's so hard for uh I think a young person to begin to sort of assimilate what all those feelings are. So by giving them the opportunity to write is giving them a chance to at least start word by word, step by step, breaking down that analysis, which they really aren't mature enough to do yet. 
I think it gives them a chance to let their uh, emotions like compartmentalize a little bit too, but yeah. I get away. I, I love that. Sandra, that's a great strategy. I'm so glad you thought to mention, I'm totally going to plagiarize it and write about that. <laughs> well, I, I love this. That's like, I'm just going to read you something, something after we had a big fight and it says, I'm not going to say which kid, but it says mom. And I'm like, yeah, I'm hungry. It's time for dinner. I'm sorry, mom. Sorry for what? For saying, I hate you. I have a terrible headache. Oh, did you eat yet? No. Would you like some from dinner? Yes. Come on down. Oh, see, that's a perfect example. He was just so hungry. He probably couldn't. He was probably a little hysterical and he didn't even know it because he's a teenager. Right. It's hard for them to even know what's going on in their bodies, I think. It's true. Um, and yeah. worse, God, we know PMS. I mean, sometimes, like, yeah. I wanted to smash this whole big thing of bananas the other day. I'm like, what is wrong with you? I'm unpacking the groceries, and all I want to do is take my fist and pound the guts out of the bananas. I'm like, that's insane. No, that's PMS. That's <laughs> a great idea. I think I'm going to buy some bananas. <laughs> <laughs> They were just sitting there with their little brown spots taunting me. The kids aren't going to eat you because you have brown spots. The kids aren't going to eat me. You have brown spots. And I'm like, oh! <laughs> I think that's a great idea. There's just times we need a pillow we can punch. And it's okay to teach our kids that, too, by the way. We'd much rather them punching their pillow than screaming at mom, you know? <laughs> oh. It is so hard to know. And, you know, I think that honesty is important. We need to say, I really am having a hard time keeping the lid on right now. I want to talk to you about this. Let's let's go have something to eat. We'll go. Let's get back whenever, you know, make a date for 15 minutes for now. Just being able to go uh, separate because you don't need the fuel. You just need the facts. So uh, oh, that's where the that. well-placed, Rob, the well-placed bathroom break. Hold on. Yes. I got to go to the bathroom. I I'll gotta be go right pee. back. And then I take my <laughs> tablet and I'm in there for a half an hour. <laughs> well, take your tablet uh, for about two minutes. We've got a break right now and uh, we'll be back with Kathy Craffy on the other side, talking a lot more about dealing with those teens. And uh, it, it's a whole science in itself. And once you think you got it down pat, it's going to change. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. We've got lots more ahead. Stay with us on Military Mom Talk Radio. Would you like to know how to bring more ease to all the decisions you need to make in life? Knowing your core values is the first step in Joyce's free live masterclass. You'll discover your top five core values in as little as 45 minutes. Join her now at free gift from joyce.com it's words you never heard it's summertime and you know what that means attack of the mosquitoes other names for the mosquito are galley nipper Katie Nipper, Gabber Napper, and Gelly Whopper. A quote from the 1906 book The Parsons Boys asserts that galley nippers are so called because at each nip they took a gallon. Mitzi is a deceptively cute shortening of mosquito that might be heard in Ohio. 
if you're in Virginia and hear someone complaining about cousins, they might have annoying relatives, or they might just be talking about mosquitoes. Why do they call mosquitoes cousins? Because there are so many and they stick so close. But whatever you call them, all this begs the question, why didn't Noah swap those two mosquitoes? It's marching I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. We're back with more great conversation on Military Mom Talk Radio. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, because we know we have some men listening to our show today, especially those who want to, (coughs) sorry, deal with teenagers and preteens and the mouthiness that goes with it. And my favorite thing is to take my tablet and go into the bathroom and play Candy Crush. And I know there's not a chance, and you know what, that either kid will listen to this show today. So um, I can share my little mommy secret about hiding in the bathroom for 30 minutes while everything calms down. And I know that's not easy when you have, you know, little ones, you know, especially, you know, in bigger families, it's, it's a little harder to do that. But you can always attend to the little one's need while the older one calms down. I have to play that card a lot too. Mm. Yeah, I I was thinking about what you said about PMS too with the kids and sometimes we don't really I think it's so important for us to take a break ourselves as moms. I, I'm so glad you mentioned that, Sandra, because for instance, that idea that we we have PMS but then we forget that our teenagers they're struggling with their hormones too and and so it's so important. And and one thing I've noticed about this generation especially, there's so much pressure on them to achieve. They're all trying to get that scholarship for whatever sport they're in or whatever art or dance or music that they've been doing since they were elementary school kids. And so they're they're really feeling the pressure to make good grades on on their scholastics. They're working hard in their all their extracurricular, they're building their resume with volunteering. I mean, this is a generation of teenagers that really have a lot of responsibility. Well, and I think the awareness, like, and I'm going to say this, like, you know, because my kids are little. I didn't know about men, women stuff. I didn't know about periods till, like, my mom took me to the church, and we had to sit there in sixth grade, and the priest was, like, pointing to ovaries. I thought I was going to die. Um, But that's how I had my introduction to, like, a monthly cycle or any of this. But the kids today, they read everything on the Internet. It's joked about on TV. There's a million commercials. Boy, if you want to be embarrassed, sit with your teen watching TV and have an erectile dysfunction commercial come on. He turns 50 shades of purple and I'm I'm right there with him. It's it's all out there today. So, you know, with all this pressure um, of achievement, you also have a, a whole pressure of knowledge that like we didn't have till we were older, at least I didn't. And, you know, my sons will sometimes say to me, and it's, it's a weird conversation. They're like, mom, is it that time? Or, oh, it's mom's time. And, you know, they'll see, but they will, they'll see like the stuff in my purse. They'll see all, you know, cause I do this thing where I pack my bag up on the kitchen table. I have to look at everything on the kitchen table, put my bag together for the week. And then I use these travel bags 
that are TSA approved that are clear. So they looked at them and, you know, they're like, oh, so they know. And it's not a bad thing. It's not, you know, anything. But I said to my kids the other day, I said, you know how sometimes you guys feel like your body's doing something and it's making you crazy? I'm like, mine does that too. And they're like, oh, we know, you know, we know. (laughs) But I fire that back at them going, hey, you know, hormone king, it's your turn now. Yeah. Well, I I just think it's as parents, it's so good for, you know, I think that's why I like that de- definition. Fellowship is the gentle art of companionship. I, you, you're just preparing them to be gentle with their wife someday, Sandra. I, I love it that you're so open with them and that gives them a different kind of confidence. So they're not getting their information from the internet. They're getting it from somebody who really loves them and who is so vulnerable and open with them that they actually can identify when you're having, you know, feminine moments. So I just, I can't help but think that's so healthy for them. And and I think that's one of the things that uh, some parents fail to do. And and I really want to mention this because it's such an important part of what you can do, no matter how old your kids are. If they're youngsters, it's so good to train them to answer questions well thoughtfully and have a lot of self-awareness so even as a toddler you can begin to ask them good questions and one of my favorite questions is when a young person like one of your kids does not want to go somewhere or does not want to do something it's so important to ask them if they know why not and help them identify what they're feeling if it's a fear or an insecurity or in like I remember once my little three-year-old daughter well she was one and I started trying to feed her bananas this is sort of the banana episode I guess (laughs) I was trying to feed her bananas because babies love bananas right I'm just that was I'd already had one child I just knew babies were supposed to love bananas so I'm shoving these bananas at this child and she keeps not wanting them and I can't figure it out because I wasn't feeding her a bunch of sugar why wouldn't she love bananas well when she got old enough to talk she told me they made her throat itchy and close up. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> and I still laugh. I mean, it's a wonder she didn't have anaphylactic shock over the dang bananas I was shoving at her. So, I, but as parents, we really need to respect the fact that our kid has access to information. Sometimes we don't have a clue and there's no way we could have a clue unless we listen well. So well, and that's Kathy, I want to jump in here because the two yeah. keys that I took away from that story. Now the little girl wasn't old enough to tell you about the bananas killing her. Um, she had to wait till that was later. But the, the key to that is talking with your kids, like not talking yeah. at them. And yeah. this year, Kathy sent me these NCIS hats. And I gotta tell you, NCIS rules our household. We we watch NCIS as a family. We watched on Netflix because there's like 3,000 episodes. And so we watch them. Yeah, we watch it as a family. And one of the things that we adopted, Kath, and this, this kind of goes along with your whole, you know, book concept, uh, Dinozo, if you guys don't watch the show, you should watch it. But Dinozo has these little things called fireside. He and Ziva and Timothy pull their chairs together away from their desk and they have a fireside, like a fireside oh, chat. And I used to do these firesides with my kids, and it was actually at a fireside in our house. I'd turn the, the, the fire on, I'd make a little bowl of snacks, and we would get together and talk. Well, now 
we just use the term fireside. And if Max has something to talk about or Zachy has something or I want to talk to them, I'm like, guys, fireside. And they and it's like the three of us. So we all get together in a huddle and we talk about whatever we need to talk about. And then it's like break. It's very much um, a part of our family dynamic, but it's easy, it's free, it's cheap, and it alerts the kids, hey, we're going to have a meaningful conversation. It's not going to be painful or awful because the worst is when you say, Robin, can you come in here? Or, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Kathy, we need to talk. Like, yeah. don't those just make your, like, you, like your shackles go up, like your hair stand on end? Because you know it's not going to be good. But if you just go, hey, guys, fireside, come on, boom. Yeah. Tell, talk, do whatever, and then, then go on to do something else fun. Those firesides can be really valuable and not like, we need to talk. Well, it's, there's no judgment there. It's just a communication. You're you're there to put something out on the table. These are some facts that we just have to share with the family. Um, maybe there is a decision that has to happen from it, but everybody's a part of that decision, and that's pretty cool. I love well, it. Well, there's no room in that for drama. You know, it's like a right, football huddle. Right. You know, right. in, Kathy, you had put in this article you wrote, you wrote this this family fellowship strategies that I really like. And when kids resist with your plans, like that's a big deal. We've got to go somewhere. You got a teen who's going to pitch a fit because he doesn't want to go. And in my house, right or wrong, the way that's solved is we have a huddle. We have a fireside. Hey, guys, come on, fireside. Look, look, we have to go do these things today. Here's what we need to do. I'm flexible on the order. This is the one thing we have to do. Everything else is a swing vote. What do you want to do? And then we make a decision. And if the kids are fighting so bad and we're making a decision, that's where I become El Presidente or El Jefe. And I'm like, my way or the highways, get in the car, kids. I mean, there is a point where you got to put your yeah. foot down. Yeah, I think I think that must be really true in military families too, where it's fine to have uh, you want input. I always say the more brains in the conversation, the better. But there is a time where you have to have an authority structure, and everybody knows what it is. And and I think to me that would be one of the greater challenges because when you're living in a culture that is so dedicated to authority structure. The kids still need to have a place where they can voice their perspectives. So to, that's where I would want to salute and tip my hat to those who are in the military that are listening today. I, I just want them to know I think their job is, for one thing, it's cool to have an authority structure where there's so little of it in our culture now, and kids are really hurting for that. But on the other hand, I think the challenge is to let them speak their minds and be able to listen to them carefully knowing that eventually you may have to make the decision. I like the way you describe it, Sandra, where you have your huddle and then there is an El Jefe when there needs to be. That That's awesome. Well, and as, as a single mom, I know there's a lot of single parents out there. You know, there is no dad to back it up. Like my mom always had the trump card. She'd play wait till your father gets home. And, you know, we'd all like, oh, you know, that yeah. that was enough to, to scare us, you know, for probably it would still today if she was alive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but we, training we never young. did that. Yeah, we never did that only because I felt I needed to face something at the moment. 
I'm not happy about this right now, or I'm not happy the way, sometimes it would be a friend that they were with. And I'd say, I'm not comfortable right now with this situation. I do want to talk about it. And maybe that right that moment wasn't the best time, but we did always get it back into the conversation. We've got a break coming up. The one thing I wanted to bring up too, before we go to break Today's children have so many other influences in their life. Every, not only the television, but the internet, and they're they're out in the world so much more than than we were when we were kids. Um, we were lucky to have maybe the the scout leader or the soccer coach or whatever. Uh, whatever, I played basketball at one point in time. Believe it or not, at four foot eight inches tall, I played basketball. But wow. I, I the, those are the only people that were in my life, and maybe the minister. Uh, Now think about the influences that children have. That's really tough to navigate. And I think by you having a fireside sand, you know that the kids at least can come back to the one trusted area in their home that they at least can just put a statement out there and then it's mm-hmm. it's not judged they're not judged by whatever they put on that table, which is huge. Well, I think so. I'll let you know how it works out. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to stay on the air another 10 years. Yeah, it, it is a lot. I think there's so many challenges. And there again, it does change and every kid's different. Um, but there's a lot of similarities to those teenagers. And uh, you definitely hear it all. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think anything surprised me. And maybe that there again, like you said, San, you're, you were a little older when you had your kids. So that meant that you were a little older to have teenagers. And it's true. I don't think uh, anything surprises you when, when uh, someone opens the door and says, hey, mom. <laughs> and and there it is. Today we're talking with Kathy Craffy. We're so glad you're with us, Kathy, because navigating these teens really does take some thought and some advice. And you're an amazing person to be able to offer that. We're going to talk a little bit more with you, Kathy, about some of the things that you've uh, put out there. And we want to share uh, some of the preteen crasher situations that, that maybe we could talk about. So just stay where you are. We'll be right back on Military Mom Talk Radio. We'd love to hear from you. Check us out at MilitaryMomTalkRadio.com or find us on Twitter and Facebook. Our shows are available on iTunes anytime from 0-100 hours to 23:59. For now, stay right where you are. There's more Military Mom Talk Radio after these messages. It's marching One evening in 1929, William Lear and Elmer Wavering of Quincy, Illinois, were out driving with their girlfriends. One of the girls suggested it would be even more romantic if they could listen to music. The guys liked the idea and started tinkering with installing a home radio in the car. They sold their idea to a radio manufacturing company and applied for a loan with a local banker to get production started. Thinking it might sweeten the deal, they installed one of their new radios in the banker's vehicle. Unfortunately, the banker's car caught on fire and they didn't get the loan. They must have felt like Dunder Klumpens. Not giving up, they drove to a radio convention and sat outside in the car with the radio blasting. Soon orders were pouring in and taking a cue from the Victrola because their radio was going in a car. They called it the Motorola. It's marching I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Have you heard? 
The pages of American Patchwork and Quilting magazine come to life on our new weekly online radio show, American Patchwork and Quilting. Join Pat Sloan, our blogging and quilt designer host, as she talks about the latest trends, ideas, and inspirations. Her guests include quilt pattern designers, authors, quilt shop owners, and our editors, all quilters just like you. Call in with your questions. Get quilting tips from industry experts. Learn about free patterns. Hear behind-the-scenes stories from our magazines, American Patchwork and Quilting, Quilt Sampler, and Quilts and More. Get the scoop on free stuff and find out more about the best independent quilt shops in North America. To listen to a live show, tune in Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Just log on to allpeoplequilt.com radio. To hear past shows, go to iTunes and search for American Patchwork and Quilting Radio. We hope you'll join us because we know that quilting changes everything. We're back with more great conversation on Military Mom Talk Radio. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd and Kathy Crafty, and we are talking about the teen years. We are talking about, uh, you know, what do we do? And, you know, girls, I have... I have mixed feelings. I have friends who always, now that everybody has cell phones, they don't make their teens go. Like if their teens pitch a fit, they don't have to go to church. They don't have to go to the picnic. They don't have to go to the movies. They don't have to do, or they can just go and be with their other friends and do what they want because of the cell phone. I mean, let's be fair. The cell phone has changed things a lot. And there's sometimes that I'll bend the rules like that, but hey, we're a family and we're a family for only a short period of time. And these are my kids and my family. And I know there will come a time that they will have their own families, their own kids. So I'm going to suck every bit of juice out of this fruit I can, whether my teen likes it or not. So I just want to, um, I want to know how you guys feel about this stuff because it is a different ball game out there. Yeah, I, I wanted to jump in and just because I know we have to wrap this up and I wanted to give young moms or even moms of teenagers some encouragement. And one thing I would say is I think sometimes our kids reject us because they already feel rejected. They pick up on it and they don't know how to interpret it. So we have these feelings as, as moms like especially when your kids are little in elementary school and you're going every direction trying to hold all the pieces together and you just need a break and you know that has nothing to do with how much you love your kids but I don't think the kids necessarily it doesn't necessarily translate to them that they are so beloved that you would die for them what it sounds to them like is you're just trying to get away from them so I think it's so important as a mom of any age but especially teenagers to say out loud I I know I seem worn out, but I really love you, and I love spending time with you, and I don't know what I'd do without you. I just think that's part of companionship in a healthy way that lets our kids know, yeah, I'm stressed right now. I'm, in fact, my son's coming home for, for a trip from college, and I've already told him ahead of time, things are busy at my house, and, and my mom's moving in, and so I know it's going to feel a little differently than what you expect, but I want you to know ahead of time, I really love you and I can't wait for you to get here, but you may need to be patient with me because I'm stretched a little thin right now. Anyway, I just think those kind of conversations, I call that the preteen party crashers because my mother took us everywhere. 
my dad was an OBGYN and we never knew when he would not be able to be a date for her. And people invited him to stuff all the time because he was a doctor and they loved both mom and dad. So anyway, my dad would have to stand her up and she would just fill in with one of us kids. It wasn't the socially correct thing to do in this community of East Texas, traditional kind of community back in the 50s, 60s and 70s. But mom did it anyway. And I admire her so much for that. And I think it made a difference. I mean, we really love we all love to spend time with my mother, even to this day. But I so I would just say if you're if you're a military mom or dad and your your spouse is deployed and you're not quite sure what to do, make your kids your date. I mean, just invite them and honor them by taking them to the adult functions that you want to go to. It's so healthy. I think it serves many purposes, because, first of all, you have an opportunity in the car to be able to talk or be with the children with less interruption. Uh, yes, the, the cell phones are there, but we used to have some of the most amazing conversations in the car. And I sometimes would take intentionally a longer route so that I would be able to have that time because the minute all of a sudden they started warming up, you'd be at your destination. So I would find the longest path to take. Not everybody can afford that time, but you know what? If you can, that's an amazing way to chat. Second of all, it's giving them a view of an adult situation because before long, they're going to have to talk to adults, whether it be a recruiter for college, whether it be a uh, coach that's looking to uh, maybe bring them in for a scholarship. Maybe it means that they're going to go for that first job interview for them to be able to interact with adults in a more adult environment is such a gift because kids need to learn that. They don't learn that by hanging out uh, with the kids down at the uh, down at McDonald's or whatever. So well, and I I'm going to second that because yeah. it's good for everybody. It's not just good for the kid. It's good for the relationship because as a single mom, um, I've had to take my kids to business meetings. They've had to sit in law offices, you know, waiting outside the door and they've attended events with me when um, I don't have a sitter and I'm not, I'm not bringing a toddler to a, you know, a military, uh, you yeah. know, um, uh, retirement, you know, ceremony on board an aircraft carrier. Oh, wait, I did. Um, <laughs> and we just, you know, um, but I'll tell you, the Marines were great. They they kept both of my kids. I, I had to go for um, for Sergeant Hoffman's retirement on top of a carrier. And at the last minute, my um, my babysitter crapped out. And I'm like, Mike, what do you want me to do? He's like, bring them. He goes, we'll put some Marines in charge of them. And we did it. It wasn't ideal, but... My best kids babysitters have, ever. <laughs> they are the best babysitters ever. They'll shoot your kid if he goes near that rope. Um, <laughs> but the point is that the kids got an understanding. You know, I watch some of my peer friends whose kids have not had this experience. They have an, a greater understanding of what mom does when she leaves the house. <laughs> they know that a lot of times I have to sit and wait. They know that they've seen me get yelled at by clients. They've seen me at a dinner table where two of the clients are competing for business and they me in the middle, or I'm there and having to defend something. And they're are like, mom, business is really hard. Yes. Mom, business isn't fun. No, it's not. A lot of times it's not. Wow. You have to drive the freeway every day like this. Yes. 
when kids get a glimpse of what you do every day, and I think this is true for everybody, when you say, I'm tired from work, my kids will say, did you drive a lot today? Mm. Or if I'm in a bad mood, did somebody yell at your mom? Yeah, you know, somebody didn't like the way I did this and I did my best. You can have these conversations with your kids and they can apply it to their own life. You know, if somebody yells at them in school, it's not that different than somebody yelling at me at work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's so great, Sandra. I love so there that. Are a lot of benefits. Mm-hmm. I love giving kids a glimpse into the sacrifices their parents are making. I, I think that's so healthy for them to understand how valuable they are to their parents. I love well, it. To- teens, especially, because teens only see their own sphere of influence. You know, they really, they really, I don't know, maybe it's genetic or hormonal or whatever, but they can only see their side of the story. And I think bringing them along on some of these things, don't you, Kathy and Robin, can give them a different perspective. There's an honesty as well. When my, I was going through my chemo, and I think I've shared this before, I brought my kids one-on-one, one at a time, to my radiation, to my chemotherapy. It gave them an understanding of what I was going through, so they weren't as afraid. Um, of course, they still were worried about mom, but it gave them a more clear understanding of, of things that were happening. And then they could uh, ask more questions, more logical questions. Um, it, it, I think just being as honest as you can for the age level that a child is, um, is, is really important. And that conversation, um, I used to always mute the commercials when we'd sit and watch television. Those, uh, and we talk about that last episode. I'd say, hmm, what do you think the, whatever the protagonist's name was, I would uh, say, well, you, you know, what do you think the, his options are now? This, do, do you think he's afraid? Uh, we would talk about that that. So, um, you know, I, I think that conversation just gives kids an opportunity to start developing, um, values, developing consequences, developing, um, all of the intuition that we hope that they'll take with them when they become adults. Well, I'm thinking about all these conversations we have with our kids, but one of the hardest conversations is to tell them, no, they don't get to do whatever it is. Mm. And I, I want to quit today. I have two quotes for y'all. And so when we get to the end, I've got a funny one, but one of my favorite quotes came from somebody I really admire. And what he said was, I'll take the blame now because it'll be credit later. <laughs> and I find that so strengthening. And I'm going to tell y'all who it was. That was my husband who said that. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> the, same, the same guy who told me kids don't have to rebel, which it turned out he was right. So, I, but he was right about that too. There were there were so many things along the way that we got blamed for. I mean, all the peers, all our parents. There was so much peer pressure around us. Our our own parents, our fellow, you know, our age group of parents that were parenting with us. They all thought we were crazy. And David would say to me, I'll take the blame now because it'll be credit later. And that <laughs> that turned out to be so true. I mean, people really admire and love our kids, and we do too. We think they're amazing. Well, do I have time to uh, share my other quote that I think is so funny? Sure. Oh, go. Yes. Okay. Well, this is a great way to, you know, just a great thing to leave in the in people's minds as we talk, it's so hard having kids, especially teenagers in the house. But so this one is from a very wise woman named Dorothy Parker, who lived in, from the twenties to the sixties, I believe. 
and she was a writer. The best way to keep children at home is to make the home atmosphere pleasant and to let the ter- the t- the air out of their tires. <laughs> oh, wow. On that, but I love that. I thought it was so funny. Make I thought she was going to give me kind of a 1950s perfect mom thing to say, like, make the home pleasant. And then she goes, and let the, ter- the air out of their tires. <laughs> it reminds me of the nuns in, in uh, Sound of Music when they took the carburetor or whatever yeah. it was that they took out of the car. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Mother, I, I've, I've sinned. <laughs> that's pretty genius, really, when you think about it. I'm glad you remembered that. That's a great advice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and all of your advice, Kathy, has, has is always so valuable, and we appreciate you. I want people to visit you at kathycraffy.com, and it's C-A-T-H-Y-K-R-A-F as in Frank, V as in Victor, E as in Echo.com. We want to make sure that people find you because the uh, the things that you write and, and talk about are so valuable. And we appreciate your time being with us. Thank you so much, Kathy. It was my pleasure. I'm always honored. I think y'all are amazing women and you're a pleasure to visit with. Oh, we love you too, Kathy. <laughs> what you do. I just love the idea that we're encouraging women and men who are heroes to our nation. They certainly are. And our families are so valuable to us. Thanks for being with us with Sandra Beck and myself, Robin Boyd and Kathy Craffy. We're glad you were with us. See you again soon on Military Mom Talk Radio. Thanks for tuning in to Military Mom Talk Radio. Want more information? Check us out at MilitaryMomTalkRadio.com or find us on iTunes for more than 200 free episodes. Drop us an email or find us on Facebook. We are looking forward to another great discussion. We hope you'll join us on Military Mom.